Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, it is 11 April, it's Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week, and we got a couple of visitors here that I'm so happy to see them. They walked in and immediately I recognized the beard, I'm like, look at that beard, this is uh, Mike and Barbara, I, uh, he preaches at times, he's got a YouTube channel where he does some preaching, and uh, I'm embarrassed to show the photo on the video today because his beard way outshines mine, I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, anyway, they're from North Carolina. They're down here visiting right now, and uh, their daughter lives in Orlando, and they decided to come over here for the weekend. So you've really blessed us with your presence, and thank you for this. And uh, I told them that next time they need to let me know in advance so we can spend some more time together and do some things. And uh, uh, just I'm just so happy you're here today, though. It just blesses my soul. Um, let's see here. We got um, one announcement is... Um, for people that attend, uh, that watch the videos, okay, we've had problems on the videos with people posting porn links. We've had people that come in and troll, people that make comments. And uh, so I have started to disable the comments on YouTube. And I know that bothers some people, but I, I cannot monitor the comments all the time. And that goes back, we got over a thousand uh, sermons and prophecy updates up, maybe 1,500 by now, and people can't at any time do these things. And so it's impossible to regulate those. And so rather than have people harmed by that type of thing, I have taken down comments. And uh, if that bothers you, I do apologize, but that's the way it's going to be. The second issue is the Superior Word website got a virus uh, recently. Then the entire website, which is massive, it's got thousands and thousands of pages, had to be transferred to another server. And the reason why this happened is because of something called plugins. Mm -hmm. Plugins are what allow you to do things on a website that are not part of the main website. In other words, one of the plugins is allowing people to make comments. Then we had to disable the comments there as well. This was not anything linked to the uh, YouTube issue, people would, you know, make bad comments on the Superior Word website, you know, trolls and porn and all that kind of stuff. But usually the virus checkers would get that before it came out to anybody. It was rare that it actually made it out into the thing. But the plugins all had to be removed, all of them. And so we are working with just the website itself. I apologize about that. If we can find a plugin that will allow comments that does not carry some possibility of uh, more viruses, we will put them in. But I, I, I just cannot, you know, myself do the website things. And the person that did, he spent days, uh, just hours and hours, reclaiming the website and moving it to a new server. So that's why that's the case. And I'm sorry about that. Um, my friend Mary, who used to comment daily on the Daily Post, says she misses all of the daily commentators and she wants to say hello to them. So there you go from Mary. Um, our first category, as always, is Israel. From the Christian Post, this is something that is just interesting. It's something that I have said for many, many years. A lot of people disagree. Um, where is the temple going to be built in Jerusalem? Of course, there's this guy that wrote this novel book a couple years ago saying it's in the city of David. It's not on the Temple Mount at all. That is incorrect. It's been known all along that the Temple Mount is where the temple was and it where it will be again. Okay, there's no doubt about that. These people like to publish books that will sell well and they don't have to provide any proof and there's no historical evidence for those things. That's fine. If you bought the book, you wasted your money. But the uh, article here from the Christian Post, Historic Jewish Temple is located a stone's throw away from the Dome of the Rock, Temple Revealed. Um, says an author. Okay, now I've been saying this all along. If you look at the Temple Mount from the air, you can see this giant platform, and at one end you've got the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and at the other end you've got the Dome of the Rock. And right there in the middle is this empty place 
okay, that is sufficient for the temple to be built. But not only is it sufficient for it, it's more likely that it was there than where the Dome of the Rock is, okay? People read the, what is it, the Left Behind series and the Dome of the Rock gets leveled and that's where it's going to be built. And that's not realistic, okay? Uh, There's a biblical reason for this as well, which is found in Revelation chapter 11. Outside courtyards are left to the Gentiles, okay? Meaning that the temple is here and you've got all the other area is left to the Gentiles, meaning the pagans, the Islamists, etc. So in his debut book, The Temple Revealed, the true location of the Jewish temple hidden in plain sight. Now, this is obviously something that he got from somebody else because I've known this for many, many years and I learned it from a teaching from somebody else. So he's just kind of using somebody else's information. I have not read the book to see if he plagiarized or if he's just come to his own conclusions, but it's interesting enough to read the true location. Author Christian Widener challenges the widely held belief about where the ancient structure was once situated. He explains in great detail why the actual site is a mere stone's throw away on the mount. Now, that is correct. It is on the mount. It is not in the city of David. It's not one of these people that's come out with a book saying it's off the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is the Temple Mount, and up until recent history, the Arabs called it the Temple Mount in their own language, okay? They've always known that this is the case. Um, Studies have been done time and again, plus Josephus and other ancient historians have clearly indicated where the temple was. It's on the mount. But he's saying it's not where the Dome of the Rock is. And though unbeknownst to many, biblical prophecies are being fulfilled right before our eyes. That's true. I'll tell you something. When I attended a church down the road here many, many years ago, the pastor had gone to Jerusalem And while he was there, he was on a tour with some other pastors, and one of them was a Presbyterian, and they were up on the Temple Mount. And he said to this other guy, he said, this is where it's all going to happen. And the Presbyterian said, what are you talking about? He said, everything's going to happen here in the end times. And this Presbyterian minister is like, end times? What? He had, no, he, he had no idea what eschatology was or that there were prophecies that related to the future. And this guy had to give him a schooling right there on the Temple Mount. So obviously this statement here is true. Um, unbeknownst to many, biblical prophecies are being fulfilled right before our eyes. The Dome of the Spirits. Now this is where the Holy of Holies probably was. There's this little dome right there on the Temple Mount that's kind of off in its own little location right near the um, western, or I'm sorry, the eastern side of the Temple Mount. You've got the western wall on the eastern side, okay? So the Dome of the Spirits, a small dome resting on a hexagonal base on the mount that was built in the 10th century, is an area of flat bedrock that is built into the platform, what the Dome of the Rock sits on today. And it is actually level to it. So you've got this giant area that was level on top of what is Mount Moriah. Uh, what the Dome of the Rock sits on today and is actually level to it. And then these are my comments now from the commentary that I've done on the book of Revelation. I did this commentary about 10 or so years ago, and I'm updating it right now. I'm, I'm redoing it and posting it one verse at a day. But this is my comment from uh, the Revelation commentary on this particular spot. It may be that this temple will stand on a large empty spot directly in the middle of the mount, which is what I believe is the case. On the north end stands the Dome of the Rock, which is adorned with a golden dome. On the south end is the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Or it may be that the Dome of the Rock, uh, it will be where the Dome of the Rock is today, although that may continue to stand. Being dogmatic about that is unnecessary at this point. Then I made that comment in the Revelation commentary because it's future. We don't know, and all we can do is speculate and make our best guess. So I added in the thought that it could be where the Dome of the Rock is today, but the chances are very great that the Dome of the Rock is going nowhere, that the Al-Aqsa Mosque is going nowhere, and right in the middle of the two is where the temple will stand. And I've been saying this now for 15 years or more uh, based on the evidence that is at hand. So there you go with that. From the Times of Israel, as 13 Yemeni Jews leave pro-Iran region for Cairo, the community of 50,000 is down to six. So this is happening all over the world. The Jews are still continuously moving away from areas. Uh, These Yemeni Jews uh, were 13 in number. They're going to be down to six now. I'm sorry, they were 19 in number, and they're going to be down to six in the whole country. 13 Yemeni Jews were brought to Egypt from Yemen in a deal with Iranian-backed militias that ruled their areas, shrinking the number of Jews remaining in Yemen to six. 
Several Yemeni Jewish families have been resettled in the Emirates in recent months. So they had more. They got settled over there. These ones are going to Egypt. The families were given what the official termed very good financial conditions, including housing units. The Yemeni Jewish community has dwindled in recent years. Between 1949 and 1950, Israel brought nearly 49,000 Yemenite Jews to the state. And um, if you want to hear some really great music, I, I love Mideastern music, and the Yemeni Jews can sing you the songs of their homelands in their traditional language, and it really is great. There, you can find them on YouTube. Um, but of course, if you go to Israel and you go to a place where they're singing, there could be people from one of a hundred different countries. They're from all over the world. But I do enjoy listening to the uh, the music by the uh, Yemeni Jews. From uh, Aretz Shiva, the last known Jew in Afghanistan is leaving. So you see, God is doing things. He said that he was going to bring his people back into the land. And how is he going to do it? He's going to do it through the Holocaust. He's going to do it through pogroms. He's going to do it through countries, you know, being not favorable to the Jews in one way or another. And I imagine if things keep going the way they are in the United States for the next four years, a lot more Jews are going to be leaving New York and the larger areas of America and shipping off to Israel as well. But we'll see. Uh, the man who has been known as the last Jew in Afghanistan for well over a decade is leaving for Israel, fearing that the U.S. military's promise to leave the country will leave a vacuum to be filled with radical groups such as the Taliban. His name is Simontov. He's 61, said he will leave after this year's high holiday seasons in the fall, which was September-October timeframe. His wife, a Jew from Tajikistan, and their two daughters have lived in Israel since 1998. He's been separated all this time. But Simitov has stayed in his native Afghanistan to tend to its lone synagogue, located in the capital of Kabul. Without him around, the synagogue will close, ending an era of Jewish life in the country that scholars believe began at least 2,000 years ago. So imagine that. That's the end of an era for... Afghanistan. From Israel Hayom, Israel and Morocco signed strategic accord with hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, you know what? Before I go on, uh, they've had their elections. They've made their decisions. They're working to get Bibi back in. And if he can form a government, then things will be uh, no point in talking about that. Okay. Until they finally decide to do something instead of just going back and forth, I'm not going to talk about their elections. We've done that for the past two years again and again and again, and they keep dissolving. So Okay, the heads of the Israel Manufacturers Association, the Israel Farmers Federation, and the Israeli Federation of the Chambers of Commerce signed the unprecedented agreement with the General Confederation of Moroccan Enterprises, according to the Director of International Trade at the Federation of Chambers of Commerce. The leading fields of trade will be food and agriculture, spare parts and vehicles, chemicals, and mechanical equipment. On the other hand, Morocco looks to various technologies in the renewable energy fields, water treatments, agriculture, and health, of which Israel is premier in all three of them, especially in water treatments. They are the finest water treatment and water conservation people on this planet. They can do with water what we could not even imagine. And so when we need help with our water problems in America, you know who we turn to now? We go to Israel. We got Israelis over in California right now trying to bail them out of their own self-made crisis. From Jerusalem Post, Israel in first comment says trouble by U.S. position ahead of Iran talks. Mixed messages from the Biden administration. I picked this one because it's, oh, they're not going to make a deal. They're going to make a deal. They're not. It's all over the place with these people right now. This one will tell you at least what the thought of the Biden administration is. Mixed messages from the Biden admin on the Iran nuclear deal days before indirect talks commence in Vienna, which happened on Tuesday. So this goes back to last week on the Iran nuclear deal uh, days before these uh, indirect talks commenced between the sides are very troubling. They expressed their concerns after U.S. Special Envoy for Iran, Rob Malay, spoke about a return to the 2015 JCPOA without any additional elements that would make it longer and stronger. The goal is to seek whether we can agree on what steps the U.S. needs to take to come back into compliance with the nuclear deal and what steps Iran has to take to come back into compliance with the nuclear deal. Yes, they actually said that. Mali repeatedly spoke of, listen to this, equivalence between the U.S. and Iran in their behavior, referring to mutual distrust. 
equivalents. They are on the same level as us in this deal, according to these numbskulls in Washington, D.C. right now, lardheads. It's not a matter of who has the greater weight, he said. It's whether both sides are prepared to carry the burden that they have to come back into compliance. So we have to come back into a, a compliance with a agreement that Iran never even signed. This is literally insane politics here. I mean, we've seen this on every issue that this man has started up or whoever is working him because he can't think on his own. But this is literally insane politics here. It's crazy. From Christian News. This is from Ryan J. News in Canada. My friend Ryan is laughing right now. Alberta RCMP have closed down Grace Life Church, which we talked about last week, and are now building a fence around it to block entrance. So there you go. They have blocked off these people from worshiping because they feel differently about the sniffles. From the Christian Post, Wycliffe Associates, I just am so thankful for people that are out there translating the Bible around the world. Now, I understand people, some people don't like Wycliffe because of this reason or that reason, and I will tell you this right now. Bible translations is an extremely complicated thing. It is not a simple procedure. It is extremely complicated. It's very delicate to do in some areas of the world. There are some areas of the world where they do not... I'll tell you a story I heard is that they went into somewhere, I think it was in Borneo or um, uh, maybe, maybe the island of Borneo, and they found a culture that actually applauded being deceitful. So they could not use Judas in the way that he is expressed in the Bible because they thought he was a hero. The cultural mindset. So I'm telling you, there are things in this world that make Bible translation very difficult. So before you go pointing your fingers at people that are out there expending the rest of their lives in a foreign land trying to help people get the word of God, understand that they are doing it with their best intent or they wouldn't be out there doing it. Okay, now I understand also that there are JWs and Mormons and all those people out there as well that do have bad intent. But these people have a good intent and they are doing their best to get the word of God into every hand of every person on this planet. That is their goal and their mission, as are a couple other organizations. Uh, Ray and Jess Willett over in Papua New Guinea are doing this, right? These people love the Lord, they love his word, and they want people to be saved through the word of God. Okay, through the blood of Christ, of course, but you're not going to find out about that unless you have the word of God. Okay. Wycliffe Associates, one of the world's leading Bible translation organizations, is providing much-needed technology to translators living in remote regions that both protect and accelerate the translation of the scriptures. The organization, which empowers mother-tongue Bible translators and partners with local churches in the advancement of Bible translation, recently announced the development of Bible translation acceleration kits, okay, for mother tongue Bible translators who live in isolated regions with no internet connectivity. And this is a problem in the world today, is there are places that have zero internet. You have to go to the top of a mountain with a satellite phone to download stuff and then walk back down to where you're working. I know people that do this. Each kit worth $2,500 provides access to all the Bible translation software a language group needs, along with a built-in satellite internet connection. When one language group receives a BTAC and translates the scriptures into their own heart language, they pass along what they've learned to help other language groups in the region. In other words, languages are very similar. They begin to digress a little more and more as you go out. But this language is so close to the next village that they can actually use a program called Adapt It. And it adapts to that language. And they just record the people speaking and the computer will actually adapt it. Okay, and now they've been building on that more. But this is important. So far, the group has installed 549 BTACs in 48 countries for 793 language communities. Every language community represents a group of people that has never heard the word of God in their life. Or maybe they had a passing missionary, but they had no translation in their own language. And these people are doing this to get the word of God into people's hands. Now, I'll stop right there before I go on. And I will say that there are people, I say this from time to time, and then I say, I just, I'm not going to say it anymore because it's helpless. And then that week, I'll get one or two emails from somebody saying, never stop saying what you say. So I'm going to say it again. If you watch a bunch of prophecy updates, stop watching a bunch of prophecy updates. Don't stop watching this one. This is the important one. But from there, you need to add in watching sermons based on the Word of God. And we have got, as I said, about a thousand of them. If you start in Genesis 1, 
1-1, and you just work your way through, you are going to find Jesus Christ all the way through those books of the Bible, okay? It's important that you do this, and here you are saturated with time and availability and internet and resources, and you're wasting your life not getting into the Word of God. These people are desperate to get the Word of God into people's hands, and they're giving away their lives for this purpose. So I would ask you to at least start watching one sermon a week, or maybe if you enjoy them, one sermon a day, and pretty soon you'll be done with the the sermons that we've put out, and you will have proper theology. I assure you of that. We'll go on. Tim New, interim president and CEO of Wycliffe Associates, stressed the necessity of such technology, especially amid rising persecution in remote regions. Even if terrorists find you, and this is a problem there that people need to understand, even you could have terrorists, you could have a fire, you could lose everything that you've done that's taken you years and years and years to compile for these people, even if terrorists find you, even if your equipment is confiscated or destroyed, even if the unimaginable happens, your translation work, weeks or months of translation progress is protected, said New. In remote, undeveloped areas, jungles, rainforests, mountainous regions, anything handwritten on paper is actually at risk of harsh weather, humidity, flooding, even insects. BTECs protect all the work that's been invested day by day in the translation of the scriptures. Already, the kits are transforming lives and accelerating, yes, Bible translation. There are more than 12,000 remote areas in Indonesia without any internet service and more than 100 language groups across Indonesia that don't have an internet connection. And these people are working in those areas in heat, in swamps, in bugs, infestation, for the sake of getting this precious word into people's hands. And here we sit here and watch 15 prophecy updates a week. It's, it's terrible. Please learn your Bible, read your Bible, cherish this word that God has given us so that we can tell others about the message of Jesus Christ. Okay. That's the only way you're going to have that, that steady relationship with God is by knowing your Bible from USA Today, antithetical to the gospel. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee's tweet slammed as racist in MLB backlash. I'll tell you something about racist. That word means nothing. It means literally nothing. If anybody calls me a racist, I'll acknowledge it. Okay, yeah, I'm a racist. Whatever. It doesn't bother me because it means absolutely nothing in this world today. Former Arkansas Governor and Republican presidential candidate Mike Huckabee came under criticism Saturday for a tweet attacking Major League Baseball and several corporations that many found bigoted and insensitive. I decided to identify as Chinese, he said. Coke will like me, Delta will agree with my values, and I'll probably get shoes from Nike and tickets to MLB games. Ain't America great, Huckabee wrote. And because of that, he is being slammed as divisive and all these other terms they can bring against him. Uh, Huckabee's tweet was quickly condemned as racist, as many Asian Americans and anti-hate speech advocates have pointed to anti-Chinese rhetoric as a key driver in rising anti-Asian hate and hate crimes in the U.S. This is fed on by the mainstream media. This has nothing to do with Mike Huckabee saying that right there. This is fed on by these people. They've got their liberal people in cities all over this nation upset at Asians, and it's those people that are beating up the blacks. And there's one particular category, which I will not single out. Just go type in the Asian attacks and look at who was the perpetrator, and you will find a wide number of that group and none other. And I'll say that, and you go do your own research and you can come to no other conclusion. The New Georgia Project, a voting rights group based in Georgia, called the tweet openly racist, while others called the tweet hateful, disgraceful, and antithetical to the gospel. Not one thing did he say that was antithetical to the gospel. The gospel is Christ died for your sins, Christ was buried, Christ rose again. That is it. Whatever he said there, he was having fun with it and he was doing it in a spirit of humor while pointing out the hypocrisy of the left. From the Christian headlines. They call oh yeah, they call Muslims Asians now just to help cover over the three or four terrorist incidents that we've had in the past two weeks. Christian headlines, LGBT students ask court to overturn the government's religious exemption for Christian schools. Now, this could be important. It's obviously completely double standard because what they're asking for is exactly what the Christian schools are protected for. 
They're trying to take away a protection for one protected group so that they can, yeah, well, not even protect another to get a right that they never had until this time. They never had this right, and nobody ever said anything. This is an agenda to silence Christians. This has been the agenda all along, okay? Uh, what was that guy that uh, wrote about America, begins with a T, took a something that was uh, the guy, he came to America in the early... Um, uh, Du Tocqueville. He said, if you want to get this nation to fall apart, and this is Charlie Gere paraphrase, okay? This is not what he said, but this is what he said. If you want to get at the heart of this nation, you take away its religion, okay? He knew that this was the the foundation of what made us the great nation that we are, is the religion in this nation. Anyway, um, a coalition of 33 current and former LGBT students from Christian and religious colleges, which is a contradiction already, filed a federal lawsuit that could dramatically impact how faith-based schools operate by declaring a government religious exemption received by such schools unconstitutional. Under current federal t- rules, religious institutions are exempt from Title IX. Although the Trump admin argued that Title IX does not apply to sexual orientation and gender identity, the Biden admin has claimed it does. Of course they have. Sure. The lawsuit asks sure. the federal court to declare the Title IX religious exemption clause unconstitutional. It also asks the court to require the federal government to enforce the protections of Title IX at all taxpayer-funded education institutions, including at those institutions that discriminate and cause harm on the basis of sincerely held religious beliefs. So we want our belief put above your belief is what they're saying. When they're, Nobody obligates them to go to a Christian college. They can go to any college they want, but they purposefully join these colleges to destroy them. This is the agenda in this nation. Honey, I want you to go to a Christian college so that you can destroy their moral underpinnings so that our commie agenda can be executed in America. That is what's going on. From the blaze, conservative group at Texas University receives threats after placing Bible verses and Easter eggs around campus. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you for having done this thing. From Fox News, Biden in Easter message calls getting vaccine a moral obligation and never mentions Jesus. Mideast in Africa, from the Jerusalem Post, Biden administration transfers another $75 million to Palestinian Authority, but no word to Israel. Just is arbitrarily sending money over there, even without authorization, because Congress has to approve these things, he's doing it. The Biden admin has informed the Congress that it has approved the transfer, and there are some, uh, do I have it? Yes. I've got it next article. Um, transfer of $75 million for projects in the PA-controlled areas of Judea, Samaria, and Gaza. The funding is being restored to regain the trust and goodwill of the Ramallah government, which there is neither, so I don't know how they can expect it. The Congress was told after the budget cuts by the previous admin of President Trump, U.S. officials didn't bother to notify the Israeli government about the funding. Since Joe Biden entered the Oval Office on January 20th. His administration has allocated nearly $100 million for the PA. Very little of that funding was officially announced. Biden administration restores millions in financial aid to the authority. Okay, so um, Jerusalem Post. Republicans delay Biden administration's funds to Palestinians. Good job. Senator Jim Risch from Idaho and Representative Michael McCall from Texas used their respective positions to stop the aid from starting on April 10th. Why? Because they shouldn't be sending this money. We've got people that are being paid to murder Jews. I talk about this all the time. And it doesn't matter what pot of money you take it out from. We say, well, we're sending this for humanitarian reasons. Well, then they just transfer this money over there doesn't make any difference. It's all money going into one entity, and therefore we are funding the killing of Jews by sending this money back over there. Our previous president clued into that, and he took care of it. Now we have people working to undo what only makes sense. From the Times of Israel, Abbas said to refuse call from Blinken. This is Abbas, okay? He's the supposed leader of the Palestinian Authority. He wants to hear from Biden first. He's making demands over there. Abbas reportedly refused to accept a phone call from the U.S. Secretary of State Blinken a month and a half ago, demanding that the new admin's first call come directly from the Oval Office. They dictate to these people like it's their choice in the matter. 
However, more than two months into the new presidency, a call between Biden and Abbas has not taken place. Meanwhile, Biden has spoken twice with Prime Minister Netanyahu, once after the election in November and again several weeks after he entered the White House in February. The second call was widely covered by the media in Israel and abroad, which noted that Netanyahu was not among the first world leaders to hear from the new American leader. Despite the lack of direct communications between the leaders, the Biden admin has been quietly freeing up funds for Ramallah after the Trump White House cut off nearly all funding. So there you go with that. They're trying to help these people, but they demand that they get a call from the main guy first. It, it, everything about this on both sides is just bad. From The Guardian, Iran and the United States on track to return to the nuclear deal, says Russia. They should know. Tehran and Washington are on the right track to come back into compliance with the Iran nuclear deal, but progress will not be easy, Russia said, following virtual talks. The virtual meeting of the Joint Commission, which is based in the Australian capital, followed a breakthrough earlier in the week in private talks on how Iran and the U.S. could come back into full compliance with the deal on a step-by-step -step basis. The commission of which France, the UK, Germany, China, and the EU and Russia are members is responsible for monitoring implementation of the deal, known formally as the JCPOA. The virtual meeting was attended at deputy foreign minister or political director level. So there you go. They're working on getting something back which should not be gotten back. From JNS, strained Saudi-US ties. Here we're working to work with a rogue nation that has a terrorist agenda and we're cutting off people that have been our allies for years. Strained Saudi-U.S. ties will likely bring Gulf Kingdom closer to Israel. American-Saudi ties have been growing increasingly strained in recent months because of our new president, a development that will likely see the Sunni power draw even closer to Jerusalem. Good things come out of bad policies by the American president. From Mongolia, okay, I talked about this last week. The only thing that made the news of any importance at all in Mongolia is the same thing that we talked about. So I'll read it to you. It is exactly what I said would happen. It's been happening. These things don't work, and you need to just live your life. But here we go. Mongolia records highest daily COVID-19 count. Total surpasses 10,000. Mongolia's COVID-19 tally rose to 10,218 after 620 new cases, the highest daily count since the pandemic hit the country because they locked down and they stayed locked down. And I said, as soon as they unlock down, it doesn't matter what they do, the cases are going to go up. Lockdowns, well, I can't say it out loud, but you know what my thought is. The total recoveries in the country rose to 5,649. Now get this, 10,218 total cases. Total recoveries, 5,649, after 270 more patients were discharged from the hospitals in the last 24 hours. The disease has claimed 15. Okay, so I did the numbers. That's 2% of 5,649, which is those who have recovered. The rest of them are still in the recovery stage. And the total number, if you take the total number with them and you come out, it's exactly the same as the rest of the world. It's like 98.3% or something. Okay, so there are 15 people that would have died of getting a sniffle or a cold or the flu anyway. And they've shut their entire country down for a year. Okay, here we go. Um, that's 0.2% of 5,649 lives in Mongolia since the country confirmed its first case in March 2020. 15 people. The Asian country launched a national vaccination campaign in late February with the aim of vaccinating at least 60% of its 3.3 million people. More than 346,000 people have been vaccinated so far. And I'll bet you that more have died than 15 from getting those vaccinations. Okay, I will bet you that. I, they have not published those numbers, but I will give you the current week's numbers for our country and you'll see the ratio is higher. Okay, Daniel 12, New Atlas, Collaborative Tech Let's drones work together to lift heavy loads. Collaborative tech. This means you've got a drone, you've got a drone, you've got a drone, you've got a drone. They work together and they can pick something up. This is interesting. While aerial drones do show promise as a means of urban parcel delivery, the small size will limit them to carrying relatively light packages. So if you want, you know, a, a new, um, what do you call it, sponge for your counter, it'll bring that, but it won't bring something heavy like this Bible. Okay, whatever. Okay, I don't know what the limit is, but I'm saying that they are limited right now. They're working on fixing that. An experimental new system has However, oh, isn't this a pretty Bible? Yeah. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah. However, um, 
lets multiple drones team up to hoist heftier items. Currently in development at Georgia Institute of Technology, the setup presently incorporates a 12-pound or 5.4-kilogram cargo box measuring 2 feet, 61 centimeters, on each side. So it's 2 feet and it's 12 pounds, and they can get these multiple drones to pick this up. This is a great idea. Built into that box is a docking structure that accommodates four small quadrocopter drones. That said, the system could be scaled up for use with bigger boxes and larger numbers of aircraft. Once a package has been placed in the box, the drones simultaneously take off, proceeding to continuously communicate with one another while in autonomous flight. Doing so allows them to coordinate factors such as thrust and orientation, so they're all flying together as one cohesive unit. I was thinking about this, though. What happens if one of the drone dies? Do they all tank? You know, I, I don't know. They'll have to figure this out, but it's still interesting. Plans call for the final revision of the system to include infrared beacons on each of the docking stations, which would make it possible for the drones to automatically locate and latch onto them. This would come in especially handy when the aircraft were picking up parcels from places like people's homes, where no trained staff were on hand to manually attach the drones. As an additional bonus, by analyzing how much combined thrust was required to maintain a given altitude, the system could estimate the weight of the loads being carried. It is hoped that once developed further, the setup will let delivery companies utilize fleets of drones of one standard size instead of having to additionally invest in larger models for heavier cargo. A delivery truck could carry a dozen drones in back, and depending on how heavy a particular package is, it might use as many as six drones to carry the package, says the uh, Professor Jonathan Rogers. That would allow flexibility in the weight of the packages that could be delivered and eliminate the need to build and maintain several different sizes of delivery drones. That is inventive thinking. I'm, I'm impressed with that. And what You know, everybody in Sarasota, Florida has been issued a recycle bin. It's all standard. One truck. Used to be 50 guys all over Sarasota would come and pick these things up. One truck, one guy. He drives all around Sarasota County all day and he just picks these things up, okay? This is the same idea. They issue you, if you send a lot of stuff, they issue you one of these crates. The crate goes to your house. You put your stuff in there and they come and take it away. Whatever. Kind of cool. Here it is, Revelation Plagues from the U.S. 2,794 reports of death from the vaccine. That's from getting it, okay? As of 3 April, that's plus 285 from last week. So 285 people died last week. The week before it was about 300 as well. So 300 people a week are dying from the vaccine. Okay, you decide if it's worth it to you. From The Guardian, new vaccines needed globally within a year, say scientists. Ooh, Survey of experts in relevant fields concludes that new variants could arise in countries with low vaccine coverage. Ooh. <coughs> new York Post. Man's skin peeled off in rare reaction to Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine. Yeah, his skin peeled right off his body. You can go online and look at it. It's horrifying. Um, let's see here. Mail online. Scottish mother's arm erupts, and not just her arm, her body, in agonizing red rash after getting AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine. First one was J&J. The second one is AstraZeneca. From Click Orlando, dozens in Central Florida, which is where we are. We're in Central Florida, but we're talking the middle of Florida, not the central part of Florida. So this is the middle of Florida, Orlando. Okay. Dozens in Central Florida contract COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated. Dozens of them. So-called breakthrough cases pop up in Orlando area. From Mail Online, New York woman tests positive for COVID one month after receiving second Moderna shot. So we've got J&J, AstraZeneca, Moderna. They're all doing pretty well. Epic Times, over 100 fully vaccinated people in Washington state test positive for COVID-19. Epic Times, 246 fully vaccinated Michigan residents catch COVID-19, three die. But they won't be counted as part of that number that I read you earlier. And there's a lot of these. There's a lot of these. Okay, so the numbers are actually skewed in that one as well. From the Times of Israel, after vaccination, Argentine president tests positive for COVID-19. From KSNB, Nebraskan suffered significant medical event after vaccination. Investigation begins. I wonder what that means. Sounds scary. From STAT. Many hospitalized COVID-19 patients are given antibiotics. That's a problem. 
Okay, here's why. It's because you have viral infections and you've got bacterial infections. One takes care of one, but not the other. You start giving people this one when it shouldn't have it, that's a problem. Okay, let's see here. Um, Daily expose. Number of women to lose their unborn child after having the COVID vaccine increases by 366% in just six weeks. 366% increase in miscarriages. Zero hedge. Wells Fargo aiming to have employees back to offices by September. Epic times. U.S. colleges push to mandate student vaccinations before fall semester. How can you mandate an EUA? How can you do that? This is still being tested. It is not done with testing until December of 2022 at the earliest. Okay. How can they mandate that, that students must take this vaccination when it's, it, it cannot be mandated by law. It cannot. And yet they're saying you must have it. Weasel zippers, liberals pushing for safety certification on buildings to inform customers and residents the building has no COVID positive people. That's scary. Summit News. Students at Florida High School warned they will be re-educated if caught not wearing a mask. That sounds just like Soviet Russia to me. You'll be re-educated. That is Clearwater High School right down the road from us. Clearwater High School. Yes. Soviet Russia, maybe even communist China. Guardian. Global treaty needed to protect states from pandemics, say world leaders. The world needs a global treaty for pandemics to protect states in the wake of COVID-19, akin to the settlement forged after the Second World War. Boris Johnson and other world leaders have urged. In a joint article published in newspapers across the world, leaders including the UK Prime Minister, the French President, Emmanuel Macron, and the German Chancellor, Angela Merkel, warn that a future global pandemic is an inevitability and that COVID has served as a stark and painful reminder that nobody is safe until everybody is safe. Escalating internet, that's like saying nobody ever get on the highway and drive again, ever. No person is ever to drive a car ever again, okay? Because nobody is safe unless everybody's safe. Escalating international tensions over vaccine supplies have led to calls for countries to abandon isolationism and nationalism. I don't want anybody here also going out in your boat and skiing, no skiing, because you could get hurt and nobody is safe unless everybody is safe, okay? And come together to make way for a new era founded on principles like solidarity and cooperation. One world government is coming very quickly, folks. Zero hedge. Spain passes law mandating face masks even while swimming in the sea. You talk about a really bad idea. That is it. This will apply to people who are sunbathing or even... Can you imagine coming home and you've got your little COVID, you know, suntan? Apply to people who are sunbathing. Yeah, tan lines. Thank you. Or even swimming in the sea confirms the London Evening Standard. I'm telling you, absolutely. Listen, I don't want anybody here ever to go to a restaurant again because you could get sick and nobody is safe unless unless everybody is safe. Okay. Now this next one, I don't like speculative stuff, but this was so interesting that I, I actually deleted the email at first. I, you know, and then I thought about it overnight and I got back up and I went through all my deleted emails and I found it. My friend Karen sends me this stuff, and sometimes I agree, and sometimes I I don't agree, and sometimes I just think, I should report this so that you know what is on people's minds. This is that bizarre. Okay, there is a site called Daigle, D-E-A-G-E-L.com. So don't email me asking for the the address. You can go read this yourself, D-E-A-G-E-L.com. It's not a government. It's just people that make guesses about how countries are going to fare in various categories. Okay, they have the year that they're referring to is 2025. They have some countries gaining a population. You go to India and they're having an increase in population. China will have a small decrease. Here's what they forecast for 2025 for the United States of America. Listen to this. Their 2025 forecast anticipates a 70% reduction in U.S. population from 332 million to 99 million. And they give all the reasons at the bottom of it. You can go read their logic as to why you want to know why they would project this. 
Now, that's just a projection. That's not here to scare anybody, but there are all kinds of reasons why this could happen. I could think of some that they didn't list. But just the fact that somebody says that 70% of a nation is going to be gone in five years is a giant, giant leap of faith. In other words, they have, they're basing it on their analysis, and that is incredible. So I don't be scared. That is just so that you know somebody has put that out, and they're not a government agency. They tell you who they are and, and et cetera. Just go read it yourself, okay? Just, just yes. Say, spell it again. D, as in dog, E-A-G-E-L.com. Think of a beagle and then replace it with a D. Deagle or Daigle, I don't know. Okay, it's just a very, very interesting thing. I couldn't get it out of my head at night, so I decided to include it. I do not like including speculative stuff in this update. You know that. If I make a mistake, I have to go back and I have to undo it and etc. I don't like that kind of sensational theology or not theology, sensationalism. Okay, uh, that doesn't interest me. I would never use this as a title of a prophecy update, which would, by the way, get 50,000 views on the first five minutes. That doesn't interest me. But I thought it was interesting enough that somebody would make that type of uh, analysis that I would tell you about it. Okay, from Morality Today, Epic Times. Schumer, Schumer says Senate will move forward with marijuana legalization regardless of Biden's stance. Okay, Ezekiel 3622. It's just like all of them up there. Ezekiel 36, 22, not for your sake, O house of Israel, but for the sake of my holy name, am I going to do these things? Okay, he brings them back to the land. He reestablishes them. He uh, brings them back into the covenant and he is a faithful God. He says, I'm not doing this for your sake. I'm doing it for the sake of my holy name. And then he goes on, which you have blasphemed among the nations wherever you have went. Well, there's Chuck Schumer, another one, just like Jerry Nadler from Breitbart. Joe Biden displays transgender flags at the White House to celebrate Day of Visibility. Boy, do we need to be judged. You know what? Maybe Diggle is right. I don't know. From the Hill. Pentagon unveils policies reversing Trump's transgender ban. They were forced to, but they're doing it. Houston Chronicle. Heartbeat bill allows any... This is the most ingenious bill that you could think of. Listen to this. Allows any Texan to sue... If a woman they don't know gets an abortion, this is great stuff. Now, listen to this. While the courts have blocked nearly a dozen other states from enacting similar so-called fetal heartbeat bills that essentially ban abortions after as little as six weeks of pregnancy, Texas lawmakers are convinced they've engineered a bill that can withstand legal challenges. Instead of the state, because the state gets involved and they say they push back and they say you can't do that. Instead of the state enforcing the law, State Senator Brian Hughes said his bill will allow any Texan to file a civil lawsuit against a doctor or a person who aids and abets a woman who gets an abortion after a heartbeat has been detected in the fetus. And it's not a fetus, it's a human being. He said that means no state actor would be enforcing the abortion ban a key sticking point in the past abortion restrictions that federal courts have repeatedly found to be unconstitutional. This could become a cottage industry with lawyers that have a conscience. They could go in and they could sue every single person and finally doctors would say, we just can't do this anymore. It doesn't matter if they win. What matters is that they're in litigious situations where they can't perform their duties and the women are scared because they can't defend themselves because they don't have any money because that's who Planned Parenthood targets. Okay, this is a great idea. He said, I'll read that again. He said, that means no state actor would be enforcing the abortion ban, a key sticking point in past abortion restrictions that federal courts have repeatedly found to be unconstitutional. Instead, the Hughes bill leaves enforcement up to the public. The Senate vote passed 19 to 12. Okay, it now goes to the Texas House where they have a similar version under consideration. If both chambers pass an identical bill, it would go to Governor Greg Abbott for his approval. Abbott, a Republican, has made more abortion restrictions one of his priority items for the legislature. So he will probably sign it if they do this. And they will be able to get away with it because it's a non-government entity which is suing a private person, which you're allowed to do in America. I love that. But this goes back to each citizen is responsible for what... That's right. That never turns to the state. That's right. The state simply makes the law and says, you can do this thing. I could see lawyers all over jumping on that, too, because of the money they could make. Uh, Yeah, that's it. NBC, a year into pandemic, America's... uh, Oh, this is good news. Okay, something good from COVID-19. NBC, 
A year into pandemic, America's remaining lesbian bars are barely hanging on. <laughs> New York Post, Biden to announce all U.S. adults will be eligible for COVID-19 vaccine by April 19th. Why is that important? I'm going to read you the next article and you can laugh. From the Washington Post, they tweeted September 18th of 2020. Trump says, without any evidence, every American will get coronavirus vaccine by April. Experts say the president's latest timeline is nearly impossible to confirm since none of the vaccines in development have been proven. And Biden came out without even knowing it and said exactly what Trump had said. So he's confirmed Trump's presidency and the effectiveness of it. That is that is funny. That should have been down in the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, irony section. Thank you. But it's funny. Our other category. Epic Times, Wyoming legislature approves voter ID bill. Oh, no, another one. The state house passed the bill 51 to 8 after the Senate approved it 21 to 1. The legislature, I suppose it's going to go into effect then, because that even if the governor was to veto it, they could override the veto with those numbers. The legislation requires people to present proof of ID before voting. Proof can be a driver's license, a tribal identification card, a Wyoming identification card, a U.S. passport, a U.S. military card, an ID from a university or public school within the state, or a Medicare or Medicaid insurance card, which everybody has at least one of those. If the person is unable to present an acceptable ID, then the voter may vote by provisional ballot. All problems solved. I'd like my concealed carry. I'd like my concealed I used to pull that out. They used to say any card and I would always pull it out and they say you can't use this well they passed a law that now you can't so every time I go I always my concealed carry I show it to everybody everybody oh I look like a beast in there too I if I was up in Florida state approving these I would have said that guy is not getting oh wow my picture is really brutal on that thing okay American military news Missouri considering bill that would create armed I love this one too some great things coming out think of the logic here armed Minutemen Volunteer Force. You want to protect your guns, have the state control them, but not the state controlling them, if you know what I'm saying. State senators discussed SB 258, which would establish that there shall be the Minutemen of the state, which shall be called into service by the governor for use in defense during a state of emergency, meaning your federal government is coming to take your guns, with consent of two-thirds of the General Assembly. According to the legislation, any legal Missouri resident who is legally able to own a firearm will be allowed to voluntarily join the Minutemen through the Department of Public Safety. State Senator Bill White, author of the bill, said the Minutemen are not a militia. They would be used in a civilization-threatening event as additional support for law enforcement and other government entities. Volunteers would be required to secure themselves with firearms. So you go get your fire, secure yourself with firearms, firearm accessories, ammunition, uniforms, equipment, and supplies necessary to perform any duties as assigned by the governor. Additionally, volunteers, firearms, accessories, ammunition, uniforms, equipment, and supplies would be considered state property for purposes of sovereignty and jurisdiction in matters of judicial taxation and police powers exercised by the state when a member is called into service, protecting them from attempted federal seizures. So they're yours, but if they call you into service, then they become the state's temporarily during that time. The bill states that firearms and equipment will also not be subjected to taxes or registration requirements. Only volunteers' names and address will be recorded by the department and the law would also prohibit the disclosure of volunteers' information. You watch 60% of the 60? Uh, even the bad guys will take this one up. All of them. Oh, you'd be an idiot not to do this. Joining. Sign me up. May, how is one's daughter today? She, you know, it's like, she's been fine. She's okay. been all day yesterday out in the yard. Okay, her I just kid. wanted to make sure, because I did not get a response to a message I sent this morning. But her dog is not uh, doing so well. Oh, I don't want to hear about that. Don't even, don't even tell me about that. Okay, okay, I just, I didn't mean to interrupt the prophecy update, but I, I needed to know about somebody's health. Okay, um, let's see here. Mail online. FBI background checks for gun buyers soar 36%. Wow. 
to a record 4.6 million in March amid debate over gun control legislation and two mass shootings. And the mass shootings were not white guys. Okay, Zero Hedge. Biden infrastructure bill includes $20 billion to destroy highways for being racist. It's true. This is true. Biden's $2.5 trillion infrastructure spending spree will include $20 billion earmarked for actually destroying highways because they have been deemed to be racist. The plan set forth by Biden would see billions spent on an effort to reconnect neighborhoods by destroying current highways and making sure that new projects advance racial equality and environmental justice. Yes, a whopping $621 billion has been touted for transportation infrastructure and resilience, with the administration promising it will address historic inequalities. Zero Hedge. Mea culpa. Oregon's largest newspaper admits defunding police was a terrible idea as homicides skyrocket. The newspaper is now admitting, because they supported that all along, and now they're saying, oops, Yes, Oregon's largest newspaper, The Oregonian, I know I pronounced that long wrong, you guys just leave me alone, has published a mea culpa over their previous endorsement of defunding the police. After 266 shootings and 25 homicides in the first quarter of 2021, these people should be in prison and have one year of sentence for every single person that died, and they'd never be out of jail forever, and their children and their children's children would be in jail after that. That's how insane this was. Okay, in fact, they heaped praise on the city's gun violence reduction team and defended the mayor's recent proposal to restart the canceled unit after a spate of violence ensued. While we supported the move at the time because we're liberals and we can't think properly, we should recognize what has also been lost, a lot of lives. The gun violence reduction team responded to every shooting, identifying incidents that were connected and helping disrupt potential retaliatory action. Officers had established relationships with many of those considered high risk for being involved in gun violence, connecting people with resources in the community, as well as communicating with them about ongoing disputes to keep violence down. And as a part of their work, they took dozens of guns off the street. Only made sense. Okay. Or a gun. Or a gun. Or a gun. I don't care. Or a gun. I grew up in Florida. I'm in Oregon. Yes. Zero zero heads. MLB moves all-star game from Atlanta to one of the whitest cities in America. Yes. Brilliant. Georgia's a red state. Colorado has shifted blue in recent years. Atlanta is a black majority city with 51% of its population black. Denver is one of America's whitest major cities. Just over 9% of Denver is black. So who's the racist here? More than 76% of Denver is white. And they also, guess what, have a voter ID law. Yeah. So this is, this is the most racist thing that they could have done was to harm these blacks in Georgia. And this is purposeful. They are purposefully stirring people up in order to destroy black lives. Because to them, black lives do not matter. From Epic Times, 34 shot, eight murdered in Chicago over the weekend. Zero hedge. Chicago shootings in March top four-year high as Mayor Lightfoot's plan to combat crime fails. Epic Times, Montana bans sanctuary cities. New York Post, Olympic Committee to allow athletes to kneel during U.S. National Anthem at the Olympics. Anybody that watches the Olympics probably should no longer attend this church, okay? I'm that upset about that. That is that bad. Epic Times. Iowa governor signs bill into law letting residents buy carry guns without permits. This is like the 15th state to have now done this. Weasel Zippers. D.C. Medical Examiner's Office rules Ashley Babbitt's death a homicide. We now have a murder case in the supposed insurrection, and it was by the U.S. government murdering a citizen of the United States of America. The U.S. government did this. Okay, on a lighter note, I've got a lesser cure for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he is talking about. On the beach, in the sea, they will bask and be conscious of donning their mask. They will seek out new thrills in the water with gills. This is fear run amok, need you ask? Okay, 
I've got an irony here for you on the same line as what we've talked about with other things. Oh, no, I, that's next week. I got one here that you may have heard of, you may not have, but it's just so funny. Okay. Anybody here want to be a star on TV? Okay. Have your own cooking show? Depending on who you are, it might not be a good idea. NBC. Italian mafia soldier caught in Dominican Republic after accidentally revealing his location on a YouTube cooking show. Oops. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ula, Pitar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prassy Update for the week.